I mean, that's the literally the reason why I started teaching breathwork is because I just found it to be such a direct route to yeah. creative inspiration that I had to share it. Welcome to another episode of Why Not Meditate podcast. I'm your host, Masako Kozawa, a teacher and a student of mindfulness meditation. I am so happy that you're here. Welcome back to the podcast. I hope you are well.、Um, to be completely honest with you, I've been heartbroken for the last couple of months and I've been gradually moving through the grieving process. You know how that goes. So I've been extra emotional and extra weepy these days. And just this morning, I was listening to. Some music and one particular song was just so beautiful and it touched my heart so profoundly that I just bursted into tears in the middle of the kitchen. <laughs> and I thought, thank God somebody came up with this song and took all the actions needed in order to create. And share it with everyone. And now I can listen to it and get healed by it and inspired by it. And me sharing this story has everything to do with today's episode because today we are talking with one of the amazing creatives, Alicia Peterson Beskell. Alicia is a dance artist, fiber artist. And creative writer. She has an MFA in dance theater from UC San Diego, and she started a contemporary dance performance company, a fiber art business, and a podcast about art making. So, needless to say, she is amazingly creative, but not only is she creative, but also she is fascinated by the creative process. Especially once she discovered the magic of meditation and breathwork on the creative process. Now, Alicia teaches breathwork, movement, and meditation to help her fellow artists and authors tap into their creative energy flow. You know, whether you identify yourself as creative or not, we all are creative beings in our own unique ways. There is a seed of creativity inside of each and every one of us that is waiting to be nurtured and blossomed into its full potential. And somebody needs your creation. The people you've never met are looking for and waiting for what you're going to create. You don't know them, and then they don't know you either, but when they find your creation, they are going to be. So thankful that you courageously took the inspired action to create your art, just like I was this morning. And I am so thankful that there is someone like Alicia who is dedicated to help us unlock our creativity within us by guiding us through meditation and breath work. My hope in sharing this conversation is that it will inspire you to maybe create. What you've been wanting to create, 
whether that's music or painting or business or book or podcast. It matters and it's needed rather urgently. So, without further ado, please welcome my beautiful friend, Alicia Peterson Baskell. Hi, Alicia. Thank you so much for being here today. How are you? I'm good. It's great to be here, Masako. Thank you. Well, you and I had a conversation the other day, and I am so excited about diving deeper into the conversation. You are a dancer, you're a dance artist, you're also a fiber artist, you're also passionate about meditation, breath work, and I just want you to describe briefly who you are, how your journey has been, and how meditation and breath work came into your life. Yeah. I am an artist, as you said, in so many facets. And the creative process is what I realize is my through line in these different forms, including meditation, including breath work. Mm -hmm. And so I've been a choreographer my whole life, truly, since I was a child. And pursued that, went to school for it, um, pursued it in my 20s and went back and got my graduate degree in dance making. And along that journey, I met somebody who teaches meditation. A, a friend of mine, I as a dancer, I also had a, you know, a, another job. I worked as a personal trainer at a gym. And one of the people who went to the gym, his name was Michael. He was riding a bike one day and just started asking me questions about dance mm -hmm. and the kind of dance I do. It's contemporary dance. It's a somatic practice, which means that I feel, I feel what my body is doing when I dance. It's that's the primary value mm -hmm. of that kind of dance is where, where that dance is coming from, from my body versus what can also be another value, which is what it looks like from the outside. So as we were talking, he was asking me questions about that. What do you feel? Where do you go? What's in your mind? And we were just having this great conversation at this, you know, our little local gym, riding those stationary bikes. And then he asked if I would like to learn meditation because he had taught and done it in the seventies. Mm -hmm. And then I think he was a real estate agent or a mortgage broker and wanted to come back to teaching meditation. And so he taught me TM meditation at that time. Mm -hmm. I honored it. I did it in the morning. I did it in the afternoon every day for a really long time. And it's really supported my dance. And the two of us would talk about that. It really helped me as I was moving towards doing more improvisational dancing. It supported me in being in the present moment. And mm. just, you know, it gave me that baseline to recognize where the present moment is, right? Because sometimes yeah. it seems like the, you know, like, is this the present moment or I'm thinking about that? But so that was several years ago and I practiced that meditation and it went away a little bit when I had kids. And, but the thing that stayed was always the creative process because I always found magic in the creative process. Mm. I always found those serendipitous alignments, those moments where all of a sudden you just know something and you don't know why you know it, why it came mm. together. 
why that thing now has to happen in the stance right there at this exact time. It just makes so much sense. That is what like always had turned me on. So as I had children, I started to explore other kinds of art forms. Writing was always something that I wanted to do and enjoyed doing. So I pursued writing. Fiber art was something that was very new to me, but I didn't have the headspace with a little baby Mm. to be thinking the way you need to think when you write and to be thinking the way you need to think when you dance. And fiber art was a new process for me. And it was tactile and it allowed me to have like very little sleep, you Mm -hmm. know, and to be able to really just make based on how I was feeling and how the fiber was feeling. Mm -hmm. So that was, that was really fun and really a chance, you know, it was an art form that had so much chance in it. So I had to release so much control Mm -hmm. to how the dye worked with the fiber and how those aligned. So all along, I'm doing all these creative processes because I can't give that up. No matter Mm -hmm. what, that's the thing I have to have. And then I found breathwork. And with breathwork, the first time I tried it, which was over Zoom in my own home, I felt that full body just buzz, that full body, like just embodiment. Mm -hmm. And I started getting creative, like pops in my mind. And the first three breathwork sessions I had was like, okay, I love this. I'm going to be attending several sessions of this. Anytime my teacher offers it, I'm going to go. And then in breathwork, I had this real, this clarity that I wanted to teach breathwork as a way into creativity. Mm. You know, I saw people in a, in a dance room coming up out of breath work and improvising and it just felt so, it felt so clear. It also felt kind of basic, you know, I Mm. sort of expected an epiphany to be like way out here, this thing that was totally different, but this felt so aligned with everything I'd ever been and everything that had ever been interesting to me. Mm -hmm. It almost felt too easy. Yeah. Yeah. Like a no-brainer. Like a no-brainer. Like, why didn't this come to me before? Why didn't (laughs) I realize this before, right? But, and that's the thing that I'm finding is that breathwork brings up the things that are, they're right there on the surface, but we can't always see them. Mm, That is beautiful. I would like to hear more about how the meditation and breathwork, how they interact with the creative process. I mean, it could be just how you experience it. Yeah, they're a little bit different for me, which is Mm -hmm. interesting too, because they go together. They are very, I mean, I call it breathwork meditation, um, but they sort of do slightly different things for me. Meditation has always really helped me just drop in to this moment and really relax, like really just relax and release. And I always notice that over time, I have more patience. I I can see more. So when I'm choreographing, if I'm meditating regularly during the process of choreographing, I'm able to sort of take that step back from mm-hmm. the work and see the, the the largeness of it, see the fullness 
mm. of the possibilities, right? The possibilities that exist that that's like our job as artists is yeah. to be able to see those possibilities and to see what other people might not be able to see, mm. you know? So sometimes before I meditated, I might try to go in and almost like chess pieces, move people around and and make choices, like make mm-hmm. choices that are coming from like right from my brain, right mm-hmm. from the, that, that working place and arrange a dance. But when I meditate, I find that I started to allow the dance mm-hmm. and to allow the dance to unfold and to see it. And when I work with other artists, when I work with other dancers, when I make a dance, I can watch and I can allow their creativity and support their creativity and then guide it instead Mm. of telling them what to do. Yeah. That really started influencing the way that I was making work and the way that felt good to make work. Because right there at some point, probably after I'd started meditating for several years, I really felt this feeling that it was arbitrary that like making this work was like when I was arranging it like chess piece, it felt arbitrary. Mm. When I started allowing, it was as though I was giving space for whatever needed to happen now to happen. And that felt valuable in and of itself, Mm -hmm. but it also made really interesting work. Yeah. Then I I was absolutely sold on meditation (laughs) for, for so many reasons. I mean, like, yeah, the dance is an art, but at the same time, choreography is somewhat left brained, right? You need to have some sort of structure. So you use your left brain and you assemble dancers in certain ways so that it works the best, the best that you can, you know, see as an audience Mm -hmm. as the most effective way. So there's that left brain side and also right brain side as an art. Like you're looking at it. Is this meaningful? Is this significant? Mm -hmm. Is this beautiful? Is this conveying Mm -hmm. the message? Mm -hmm. And I think partly because meditation connects our left and right brains and then they communicate with each other, then you're able to make more cohesive decisions when it comes to making artistic decisions. Yes. I love how you stated that. In fact, the first piece that I made that I was really proud of, mm-hmm. uh, I was like 22 probably when I made it. Wow. It was called Mathematica. <laughs> it was it was like the epitome of a right brain choreography. And I'm still proud of it to this day, but I can see that since then, or since, you know, since meditating and moving more into an improvised somatic space, I leave behind some of that right-brained ideas of choreography. And I want to challenge people to look at choreography as much more than Mm -hmm. that, much more than that organization. Because sometimes when I, the work that I make, a person might look at it and see disorganization. But When you look into nature, you might Mm. think you see disorganization, but is it disorganized? I don't know. I don't think so. I think it's, it's doing its thing. It's thriving, you know, it's in the divine order. Yeah. Yeah. So two things that come from incorporating both sides of the brain together here are that we're seeing beauty now in so many more things, things that aren't 
we're not just seeing beauty as organization, mm-hmm. but beauty as whatever's arising. And now the focus is on what's inside. So you as an audience member aren't just seeing something, you're feeling something. Mm. And that feeling thing is diverse. It isn't just a one thing. That's where the diversity comes in. That's where you get this ride from this dance. Yeah. Yeah. And then I also noticed the meditation has been personally for me, like a gateway for me to connect with my heart. Mm. Mm -hmm. Not just to think with my brain and mind, but to really like, connect with my heart and listen to the whispers that I was not hearing. So I get what you're saying. Then you can connect with your own heart. Then you can also connect with the hearts of the audience. That's exactly it. That's exactly it. There's something going on that we can't see. And that's more powerful than what we can see. Yeah. Mm, That gives me chills. (laughs) (laughs) I love going to see live performance for that Mm -hmm. reason, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, yes, you can watch anything on YouTube or on the big screen, but there's such a difference. The live being there, right there, witnessing these dancers, looking at the facial expressions so close by or hearing their breath or just feeling the energy that they are emitting. Yeah. 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 It's, it's so awesome. And I think the more that all of us in the world are in our bodies in the way that dancers aim to be in our bodies and not just on stage, but walking down the street and in the world, the more we're in our bodies, the more we're able to emit that kind of energy, that heart energy mm-hmm. that you're talking about. Yeah. It feels you... like a beautiful practice. Yeah. Yeah. Have you witnessed any impact in your own personal life outside of dance? Yes. um, I think I can see it most, I'll say, as a parent. Mm -hmm. That's a place where I I can get, as a parent, triggered or reminded of things that were from my past that that were different. Or, you know, it's been such a learning process for me as a parent. And I mean, my daughter has said to me before, mommy, you need to go meditate or mommy, you need to go do breath work (laughs) because when I've been doing it for, you know, consistently, there is so much space before there's any of that triggering. There's so much space to see, yeah, you know, to be rational about Mm -hmm. something that comes up and to see it for what it is yeah, rather than just reacting. And I think the more the more i consistently meditate or the more i consistently do breath work regularly the more i build that space mm-hmm. i totally agree with you 100% yeah parenting has been the most challenging thing that i have ever done in my life and you get triggered from so many different directions And the triggers that I never knew that I had, you know, it pops up and like, I'm like, why am I this upset or emotional about this? And then like, I have to take a moment and then look back on my own childhood, maybe how Mm -hmm. I went through certain events and, oh, like I felt that way. So when I witnessed something similar, I am reacting 
from that space, from that same my five-year-old mentality. Yeah. But when you do meditation consistently, you'd start to identify the, those moments. You're like, wait, wait a minute. Why am I this triggered? Why am mm-hmm. I reacting this way? Is this really the way that I want to? And why am I reacting this way? Let's take a pause and then examine and come back to this moment. <laughs> <laughs> it's so true. You know, I was like, I'm such a chill person. I'm so cool and easygoing. And then, boom, you have a kid and you're like, whoa. Who am I? <laughs> What's I thought on? I was so evolved before I had a yes. child. <laughs> yes. And the irony was, for me at least, that that was the hardest time for me to find the time to meditate. That yeah. was, and and I value meditation so much that it was really strange that, you know, it felt like brushing your teeth before having kids. It was, but once having the kids, I, you know, I tried different ways. I tried to do it with the children. Sometimes that worked when they were really mm-hmm. little, uh, but it took a little while for me to come back. And that's why I really noticed it because there had been a space. There had been a lot of doubt in myself um, as a parent and was I doing it right and all of that. And once I started getting back into meditating, that eased. And then once I started doing breath work, then mm-hmm. that was like for me, all of a sudden, I I could really point at some of those specific triggers or those specific things from my past or emotions mm. that I was done with, that I didn't need anymore. Right. So let's shift the gear and then talk about the impact of breath work. So you shared the impact of meditation on your dance practice. What about yeah. the breath work? Yeah, the breath work just took it to another level, I would say, mm-hmm. for me, because it's an active breathing meditation. Really, mm-hmm. that's what it is, um, at least the style that I do when we're doing two breaths in and one breath out of our mouth consistently for anywhere from 15 to 30 minutes. So we're not shifting. We're going at our own pace. It feels like a mantra in and of itself. Mm-hmm. But it's so active and that oxygen is flowing through your body and those endorphins are being released. And in that space, without needing to pinpoint or like really know what's happening, you're able to release things from your body that you've been holding on to for who knows how long, but mm-hmm. you're releasing it from your body. Like you're yeah. releasing it wherever it went in your body that you know, when somebody told you something about how you're supposed to be in the world or what you can or can't do, and you held that in your body, mm-hmm. those things, that part of your body has a chance to release that energy. So yeah. I found that being able to have a practice where I was releasing things, releasing energy out of my body gave me more space when yeah. it came to that meditation when it came to asking for creativity Mm -hmm. and that's where then instead of just it does also support that foundation but it also I will and my breathers who breathe with me have told me this too get like these creative sparks like you know maybe there was Mm -hmm. a seed planted of you know that week of like oh I I really would like to write a book in breath work boom, all of a sudden, 
She knows what the book is about. She knows where it's going to go, how it's going to look. And it's written in a month. She wrote it (laughs) in a month. I I mean, sometimes my mind, like I still, my mind is still blown sometimes about the power of breath work. And for me, it just really, I love those creative sparks. I love that clarity. Sometimes that clarity, like clarity that something that is, feels like what we were talking about before, something that feels like it's a mess is actually exactly right. Mm. I mean, that's the, literally the reason why I started teaching breath work is because I just found it to be such a direct route to creative inspiration that I had to share it because I, my podcast is about the creative process. My social networks are artists and dancers and writers it just felt like I need to share this. I need to give people that direct access to like their muse, really. Yeah. I love that. Oftentimes we don't know that our body stores everything, all of the emotions, all of the stress. I mean, the stressful situations might be done, mm-hmm. but our body remembers that and then it holds on to it unless you move it somehow and release it, right? I did not know this for many years of my life. And no wonder like talk therapy did not really change the aspect of me. Mm. You know, just talking about what happened, revisiting the situation, the stress, that energy is still inside of my body. But if you can release it from your body, then it can create so much space, like you said. Also, you would realize, I realized that I was living my life in the survival mode for mm. such a long time. And when you are in a survival mode, you cannot really create. You're trying to survive. You're not trying to create anything new. <laughs> You're just right. doing your best to just survive, not to thrive, you know? Yeah, yeah. Totally. Mm -hmm. And that's beautiful that you found the access to your own muse through breathwork. Yeah. There's a few ways that I've seen creativity supported in breathwork. You know, Mm -hmm. like I said, like if there's maybe there's a an idea already, and then somebody goes into breathwork and there's clarity on that idea. And Sometimes it's just a matter of you're in a creative process and it's just a matter of supporting that creative process and also maybe knowing the next right step, like just that next right step, Mm. you know? So for this, this writer I was talking about, it kind of all came to her at once, but that's not always the case. But when you know the next right step or you feel, you feel confident about that next right step, then you can go into your writing process or Mm -hmm. your painting or photography or dance rehearsal and just know what you want to explore, what you want to do next. And it's truly just about following your intuition. Right. You're not asking with your mind, like, what should I do next? I mean, that is usually very constricted. Yeah. And you're not asking your teachers and you're not asking your critics. I mean, as an artist, when, you know, you get critiques and and critics are saying something, maybe you need to go a different direction. No, Mm -hmm. you're asking yourself. Yeah. You're truly in breath work. 
you're asking yourself. You know this, you know what it is already somewhere, but you just don't always have that clear access to it. And in breathwork, I found that that clear access is available and that, you know, sometimes it is like that seed that is act that pops up. If you give it that much space, uh, yesterday, again, in a breathwork session, one of my intentions for my group was to allow them to discover something that might surprise them, mm. you know, just make the space for whatever wanted to show up. And I learned later that one of the breathers said that they had like the surprising clarity about a creative project that they mm. want to work on. It was like wow. amazing. Like that seed just popped up right out of, feels like out of nowhere, but it's not, it's been there. Right. We just aren't accessing it regularly, necessarily. You may right. not be. Would you say like sitting on intention be like while you are doing a breath work is critical? Yes and no. I think okay. we do set intentions every time, but it's not about getting somewhere. It's, or it's getting not something, a, right? <laughs> or getting something. And I think that's yeah. like, a, it's like a really subtle, def, a subtle difference. Yeah. And they're both valid. I feel like they're, they're both totally valid. Yeah. So you might go into breath work saying like, I really need to find clarity in this, mm. or I really need to find relaxation today, or we you know whatever your intention is, which is why I asked them to hold space for something that they may not know they need. Because mm -hmm. again, your body has things to share with you yeah, that you don't know yet. And so that can be an intention. I think mm -hmm. that's also an intention to be open to receive, whether it is relaxation, whether it is, you know, just a real release or whether it is something that you're curious about finding out. Yeah. And it's a never ending process, isn't it? It's not like you do breath work once and then it's done. Like you discovered all of the, the hidden things in your life. <laughs> yeah, it's thankfully the one thing that I do love about breath work is when you release something, you release it. And that's mm. exciting. That's really exciting. It, it may not, you know, it may be a part of it. It may not be everything, but it isn't. It isn't like you have to always be working on releasing the same things. It really does process through your body and, yeah. and is able to leave. But it's like what you said, though, it's like an onion. So you get that layer and then you might have another layer and another layer. But as those layers come off, there's so much more room for things to come up. So it's not always about peeling away things that are blocking you. And it can be, but... It's also about bringing in the things that are you, the joy, the creativity, mm -hmm. um, the things that are there, the parts of you that are there that aren't yeah. always given the chance to shine. Mm. And that's so empowering to mm -hmm. know that, you know, you don't have to be fixed by somebody else. You don't have to rely on like a guru to get inspiration from. <laughs> yeah. You can just connect to yourself there's a muse within you who knows the answer that you're searching for and you have access to it 24 7 it doesn't cost a thing <laughs> you can do it anywhere <laughs> anytime i mean that 
just like meditation. That sounds too good to be true, to be honest with you. And <laughs> I think that's probably not advertised enough. If people、yeah. knew about it, if people have experienced the amazing benefits of meditation or breath work, and then how that impacts your own life, everyday life, in a very substantive way, then I think more people would, I mean, we won't be like able to wait to meditate and do breath work. I totally agree with you. It's interesting because I mentioned earlier that I was a personal trainer. It took some time, I think, you know, back in the 70s and 80s and whatever to, to promote how important it is to、mm -hmm. exercise and to be healthy.、Uh, but now people will do it because you can see the results, right? You can literally physically see results、yeah. from exercise. And breathwork and meditation. To me, are even more、yeah. important. Yes. I mean, I think exercise and movement is so, so wonderful and important, but there's so much value in meditation. But, you're, but people can't, like, it's not advertised enough. You don't see it. You don't see. Yeah. It's invisible. It's well, invisible. it's visible. You can see it in changes、yeah. in person, but it's also invisible. Right. <laughs> yeah, and, and I think that's the thing is when some, when over time people start noticing, oh, you're happier, you're more joyful. What's going on? Yeah, and I just you have to like there's like that thinking brain that oh I know I should meditate, I know、mm -hmm. I should do this, and I get what it does, and I can tell you scientifically everything that it does, but unless you're doing it. You're not shifting anything. You're just pointing at something. Yeah. But if you're doing it, you are that thing and you are experiencing that thing. And yeah. yeah, it's kind of hard to make that shift sometimes from the knowing that it's good for you to like really doing it. Yeah. How would you encourage people? Like, would you say, like, all of us, everybody is creative? Yes. yes. In different ways. Yes. Everybody is creative. Everybody has access to their creativity. And it might show itself in so many different ways. Like you said, it might be that a person cooks or bakes, or it might be that they know how to create a strategic business that looks at things in new ways. There's so many ways that creativity can show itself. But that value, valuing creativity, I think is something I would like to see grow in the world、yeah. a value for creativity and not looking at it as an art thing,、mm. but looking at creativity as a human thing. Yeah. And then you can nurture your own creativity and develop it. And、yeah. sounds like breath work is really a very impactful tool to use. Yeah, I would agree. I, it's been a, I wouldn't say a missing link exactly. But it was a tool that just helped me get there whenever I wanted to. It wasn't、yeah. you wait for the time or you wait for the, the muse to come to you.、Mm. You make the choice because it's in you. And so you bring it out. That muse isn't like somewhere out there, it's in here. I'm so excited about what you're doing. Thank you. Working with artists, working with anybody who is creative. 
Do you believe that, let's say, like teenagers who do dance, do you believe that breath work before the dancing sessions, dancing lessons could benefit them as well? Yeah. Yes. My teacher has talked about like 10 years and over is、okay. where she feels that. I mean, just based on her experience, I haven't had any experience teaching breath work to young people. But oh my goodness, to be able to release some of those emotions、yeah. now, I mean, at that age, yeah, just get, get rid of them before they settle in. And then to dance, to be able to feel your whole body when you're dancing,、yeah. to me, is the greatest feeling.、Mm-hmm. And I don't think that's often taught at the younger ages. I don't think so. And I asked this specific question because I have a daughter who is a、mm-hmm. dancer. She's 12, and this is a very delicate time of life, right? I mean,、mm-hmm. the body is changing, and the dance is a way to express through your body. And there's much more than just learning and showing the techniques that you know,、mm-hmm. there's an expression of yourself, your internal self. And I just wanted to maybe introduce breath work to my daughter.、Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a great idea because when you're talking about expression, that's exactly where I'm coming from with breath work. Because in the dance world, just overall, I mean, there's so many different ways that people work on their bodies outside of dance.、Mm-hmm. Um, there's Alexander technique, Feldenkrais technique. There's a lot of beautiful techniques that are really body. Based and help you get into your body. And breath work lets you get into your body. But I think it also is that expression part、mm-hmm. of what you're talking about. It also gives you really beautiful access, not just to the way your physical body works and feels, but also direct access to that expression, what it is without naming it,、mm-hmm. but what it is that you're expressing.、Mm-hmm. That doesn't have a name, that doesn't say, I'm expressing love, I'm expressing hardship, I'm expressing this. You're expressing yourself. That very authentic, genuine, the core part of who you are,、mm-hmm. which I believe is connected to the divine. And when you witness that, you can tell it usually gives you a chill. Yeah. Our body identifies it. Yeah. Even as audience members,、uh, as teachers, Yeah. And that's, I mean, for so long, that's my hope. I mean, I would, when an audience comes into a space, any work that I make, I want them to recognize themselves. Yeah. And then it will move them. It will move their core somewhere and they'll probably release some tears. That's、yeah. how I usually, you know, respond to whenever I witness something beautiful. Yeah. So that part too, like the audience is releasing maybe part of their traumas by、yeah. witnessing beauty. Yes. I've always said that dance can change the world. And it's because、mm-hmm. of this. It's because of this space that performer can enter and then share. Yeah. I'm a huge fan of just appreciating dance, dance performance. But I, I wasn't for many years of my life because I just did not. Understand the value of it. 
And when I lived in Chicago, I had an opportunity to go see a lot of performances by Geoffrey Ballet. And they do classical pieces and they also do contemporary pieces. And I was just amazed how they can express without using any words. It's just their body and movement and lighting and music. And then the amount of information, the amount of just inspiration. Mm-hmm. That could create. I'm still so fascinated by it and adding breath work to it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, right? Yeah, when dance is just, it's it's something that is felt. And mm-hmm. speaking can happen in dance and stories can happen in dance. Uh, but so often it's that mystery that's underneath that is the most intriguing. And that's, is the most connecting and that can connect our audiences to mm-hmm. the performers. And if there's, you know, if there's anything over the years that has been kind of a, a side mission of mine has been to build audiences for dance, to find ways to encourage people to realize that they actually can connect with dance really easily, mm-hmm. <laughs> that it's, it's really a joyful experience and that they'll leave a dance performance a different person. Yeah. And especially the type of dance that you're passionate about, improvisational dance. Can you elaborate on that and yeah. why you are choosing that style? Because yes. I believe you have a training in like classical styles of dance. Yeah. I was like your daughter. I love jazz. <laughs> Growing up, I love tap. And I did ballet. I wasn't great at ballet, um, but I did ballet. And when I I discovered modern dance when I was in college, when I made that dance, Mathematica, that's where I discovered, like really discovered modern dance. And I loved it because it was everything. I felt like, especially as a choreographer, I wasn't limited by a specific number of steps. Yeah. So that started opening the doors for me. And then when I learned about postmodern and contemporary dance that had a lot more uh, kind of avant-garde ideas and just a lot of ideas within it, it felt like very intellectual and also fully embodied at mm-hmm. the same time. And that's where the doors opened for improvisation. And mm-hmm. it was it was that time that I spoke about where I felt like setting work and telling people what to do felt arbitrary. Mm. But improvisation, which is, it's a spectrum. Improvisation can be that only one short thing is improvised in a dance. It can be that the whole dance is improvised. But within that space, there's more ability for a performer to be in the present moment. And it's hard work. It's really hard work because it isn't, you don't have as much to rely on. You don't know that you're going to line up at this point in the music, or you don't know, sometimes you don't even have music. Mm -hmm. But in that challenge and in that task of really connecting with yourself and being present and following whatever whatever shape has been given to it, because there, there may be some shape. There may be some instruction, but in this space of discovering in the moment, it makes the performer embody the present moment. 
So yeah. when the performer is fully embodying the present moment, everything we've been talking about, about the exchange between audience and performer is exponentially, it's just magnified. Mm-hmm. And for me, that was, that was what I needed. Yeah. That was what took me from kind of going like, eh, maybe I'm not going to make dances anymore because it feels arbitrary to every possibility in the world exists now. Yeah. I was working with some dancers on Wednesday night and we set up what could be called a score. I call choreography, but where our score, our choreography is in this corner of the stage, circles happen in this corner of the stage. It's about looking at hands in this corner of the stage. It was something else. It's some, and then, so where, whenever we go, we explore those things at these parts of the stage. And then when somebody crosses the stage fully from stage right to stage left, that's when it all changes and we go into this other thing. Mm. So it's, it's open, but it's held also. Yeah. I don't know if that helps explain it a little bit. Yeah. I like the fact it's the improvisational dance or improvisational anything. I mean, life is improvisational, right? We're just Mm -hmm. making things up as we go. We did not rehearse this before. I love that it's not just a recycled piece over and over. It's not like, oh yeah, I've seen this before somewhere performed by somebody else. Slightly differently, but I know the story. I know how this goes. But improvisational dance is you don't know what's going to happen. And that's exciting. And then it's a little bit terrifying. If I were a dancer, I would be like, how am I going to know what am I going to (laughs) do? Well, the good news is, is that's what rehearsals are for. When you're rehearsing a set piece, you're rehearsing and, and making sure everybody knows the choreography. When you're rehearsing a piece that's more improvised, you're rehearsing the state of improvisation and you're rehearsing your own skills. It's mm. almost like meditation. Like when you first do meditation, it can be difficult, but the more you do it, the more you can relax into it. And that's mm. what happens with dancers. Like for one of the dances that I I did about 10 years ago, it took us about six months to of, of rehearsals twice a week to get into, like to get fully into a space where we could do this and do it in front of an audience. Mm. And be present and let ourselves be silly if that should come up or be, you know, whatever comes up and not feel the pressure of the audience Mm. or what we think the audience might want. And oh my gosh, that connection that happens when you let go of that expectation, it's magical and it's really fun. But like you said, it can be terrifying. So it's only fun when you really feel at ease. Yeah. And then that whole description, it's beautiful. And to me, that's a description of life. Mm-hmm. What you just described is what's specifically for the dance stage, the stage and the audience and then dancers. But the bigger version of that is life that we live. I'm the dancer. Everybody else is the audience, so to speak. <laughs> right? mm-hmm. This is my yeah. stage and I choose how I am going to show up and how I am going to be present is going to affect my audience, the people around me, my family and friends and strangers, <laughs> everything. Yes. Yes. And that's another reason why I've said dance is going to change the world. 
because it's just like a little model. Like a microcosm. It's like a microcosm. Yes. For me, breath work helped me cross into like that microcosm always working. Like that microcosm was always a space that I could trust my intuition. That Mm -hmm. microcosm was always, I can always count on it to test out this magic. Mm -hmm. But sometimes when I would go out into my regular life, it was harder for me Mm -hmm. to connect with my intuition. It wasn't as direct, you know, it was more at stake maybe. Yeah. But the more I connect with my intuition, with breath work, and the more I, I do that regularly, the more I can feel that microcosm expanding out. Mm, that's exciting. Yes. And fun. <laughs> I find it so fun. <laughs> it has to be fun. You know, like the dance could become not fun if you are only focusing on your body image, your technique, your skill sets, right? It could be mm-hmm. competitive. It could mm. be all sorts of negative things. But it doesn't have to be. No. And that's why oftentimes you'll find that dance exists in a person's life until they're, you know, maybe 18. Maybe they do it in college a little bit, but then they let it go because it is competitive, because it did burn them out, because it did bring up the things in that person that didn't feel good. Yeah. And if that can be turned around and dance can be looked at, I think technique is amazing and beautiful and can it be embodied? Can we feel good in it? Can we feel happy in it? You know, feeling the drama, feeling all of that is fun too. So it doesn't have to be a happy dance, but can we feel that like really good exploring all of the spectrum of emotions in dance because we can feel it, Mm. not because we're showing it in our bodies, the way that a teacher has told us exactly how it has to be. Yeah. So So I know you are offering breathwork sessions online. How can people find you and get into that sessions? Yes. Uh, Two ways to find me. Number one, my podcast, Inside the Creative Process, all of that information will be there. If you're on Instagram, that's a really good place to connect with me. I lead breathwork sessions three times every month. It's on, I think, the first Thursday, the second Saturday, and the third or fourth Monday. Anyway, they're they're sprinkled throughout the calendar. They're an hour long, and I encourage my breathers afterward to save space and time for whatever your creative heart wants to explore, you know, whether Mm -hmm. it's dance or writing or painting or playing a musical instrument, whatever it might be. So the the actual session is an hour, but you as the breather may want to save space for your intuition to explore. Mm -hmm. And then you're lying down for the whole time. You are, you're lying down for the whole time. And it's guided throughout. Yes. Yes. My sessions are guided okay. throughout. You're in your own space, but I'm watching you and checking on you and supporting you. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do one-on-ones as well for those who either can't make the groups or want that individual experience, want that support breathing, want to be able to, we talk throughout a mm-hmm. breathwork session in a one-on-one session. Mm-hmm. And so you can get feedback. I can support you Sometimes that's a good way to, if you're, if you've never done it, 
mm-hmm. to start because then you know that you've got the technique and then you can go to groups. It just okay. depends on what your experience is and how you how comfortable you feel. Well, I will be starting and probably by the time this podcast is out, I'm guessing I have a membership mm-hmm. so that people can take all of these breathwork sessions every month. They can get all the recordings every month so that you can have your own practice mm-hmm. so that it's not just me. I'm there to support you, but then you can take these recordings or these playlists and do them whenever you need to, whenever you want to. My goal is just to help people to make this a regular part of their life. Yeah. And so I feel like the more invested that people are in their own healing, the the more they're going to do it. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. And I think I forgot to mention my actual Instagram is Alicia Peterson Baskell. All right. So if you go will, on Instagram, yeah. that's where you can find it. <laughs> I'll include all the uh, the links so that cool. people can just click and find you and connect with you. Great. Well, thank you so much for sharing your story with us. I loved our conversation. I can talk about this like for hours and hours. It's unbelievable what breathwork can do for us. So that could be the takeaway, but let's elaborate a little bit. (laughs) Here are the takeaways. Number one, breathwork brings up what's right inside of you, but you cannot quite see. And when you see it, you know it was always right there. And it seems like the most natural thing for you to follow next. Number two, meditation allows you to see a situation from a distance and to let things unfold as they are meant to unfold rather than you trying to manipulate them by exerting yourself. Number three, the more you get out of your head and get connected to your heart and your body, the more energy you can hold and emit. That means you can be more creative. Number four, breathwork allows you to release the stuck energy or emotions that were stored inside of your body that you no longer need. You don't even need to know what these emotions are. Through breathwork, they just effortlessly leave your body. Number five, through breathwork, you might receive a spark of creativity or a clarity seemingly out of nowhere. You are connecting with your own muse that is inside of you. When this happens, follow the inspiration and chances are you will be pleasantly surprised. Number six, there is an exchange of energy that happens between performers and audience, whether that's through music or dance or theater play. As an audience, you might get moved and release tears, which might make you feel renewed or inspired. And you leave the performance as a different version of yourself. Number seven, life is like an improvisational dance. You are choreographing your life as you go. Stay present and express yourself fully and authentically. I hope you enjoyed this episode. You can find more about Alicia through her Instagram account at Alicia Peterson Biaskel and also through her podcast titled Inside the Creative Process. She offers online breathwork sessions a few times a month. I attended one of the sessions the other day and I highly recommend it. 
And now she's also offering a membership program so that you can make breathwork part of your everyday life. All the links are on the show notes. Thank you so much for listening. If this conversation touched you or inspired you in any way, please let me know. I would love to hear your feedback. And if you know someone who would benefit from listening to this episode, please share it. Also, I've been hanging out more in our private Facebook group called Why Not Meditate. We are holding conversations and sharing lots of helpful information there. You know, it is so nice to have a community of like minded people who are also going through life. So I'll leave a link on the show notes so that you can click and join. I look forward to seeing you there. Thank you so much for listening. If you haven't already, subscribe and leave a review. Also, share the episode with a friend who might benefit from meditation. We'll be back next week. In the meantime, why not meditate?